unpack my bags and hit the road where I intend on going. Nobody knows one million roads, three days of clothes, and I don't know if I'm ever. I've been dreaming for so long, but I just don't get no sleep anywhere ever away from you. Seem the smartest place to be, but I could have been wrong. You still turn me on. That's harder than my head. Carrying on and singing along to all the words we said. And I know you've been gone a whole lot longer than it seems. 'Cause it's still your ghost that haunts this home. Devil's favorite thing that he likes to do. Walking around the city in different clothes, just trying to remind me of you. And I swear it's so wrong. You still turn me on. Damien Gray, and he also happens to be today's guest. Now, Damien is no stranger to the show. He's been on here before, episode five. If you haven't, go back and check it out. But right now, we have El Paso singer, songwriter, storyteller, dreamer. We've got Damien Gray, aka the Gray Area, in the house. How you doing, man? I'm doing great, Richie. Thank you very much for having me on the show. Man, welcome back. You're, uh, I think, you're one of El Paso's top musicians in terms of uh, honestly what I've seen in work and passion and yeah, man, let's talk about, about your stuff. So tell us a little bit more about that song you opened the show with. Uh, well, it's called One Million Roads. And uh, I it was actually the first song I had written um, at the time. I think it had been a couple months since I would written a song. And I was trying to experiment with a different tuning. Just trying to create a little bit of a different sound than I had usually done as a solo artist. And uh, I put it on Facebook Live. Uh, debuted it and said, hey, you know, guys, uh, I don't know what to call this song. If you want to go ahead and give it a name. 
you know, go ahead and throw some at me. And um, this guy, Stovall Vasquez, on Facebook is Stovall Vasquez. I threw out the name One Million Roads as I was singing it. Yeah. And it's one of the lyrics in there. So I was like, you know what? Yeah, I'll go ahead. It's a that. great title. I mean, and I like the idea of One Million Roads as, as uh, you know, opportunity. Yeah. Well, the, the song uh, kind of talks about um, uh, a guy who's being put in a position where he feels like even though he loves people like he has friends that he wants to have relationships with you know he still feels a calling to go away and to go find himself but at the same time wanting people to know that it's not about them right which is a an important distinction a lot of times in in relationships definitely any kind of relationship definitely. Uh, it's a beautiful song man i i appreciate it um now, uh, tell me about your, so when you perform, you go by the gray area. Tell uh, me a little bit about that name. Well, the, the gray area is kind of, uh, it, it's kind of the name for the entity that I have as a performer and entertainer. Like if I uh, book a show, sometimes I do booking, promoting around El Paso. And I've noticed, yeah, I want to not, bring that up. Yeah, not necessarily for my own, you know, shows, but um, so that'll be kind of the entity for that. So that's yeah. my blog, that's my music, that's, you know, booking, promoting, that kind of stuff. I I like to use just Damien Gray when, like, on a flyer or something for shows. Okay, yeah, Damien Gray. Uh, because uh, we actually featured her once at, once at BWAMS as the Gray Area. That yes, that's right. That's right. Probably that's, one of your early shows. Yeah, that's when uh, I had just, just started. I had met you, I remember, the year before, uh, around New Year's. And mm-hmm. then that's when I got at Black Orcas when you gave me your card. Right, right. So to recap, um, and, and we discussed a little bit of these things in episode five, so I don't want to rehash a lot of that stuff. But the first time I remember meeting you was actually uh, at my work. I was, uh, I'm teaching, at, I was teaching at EPCC and you were busking. That's right. So it was a little earlier. That's right. Yeah, you were, you were a very different looking uh, young man. Yeah, there. I was a lot, lot skinnier. A lot uh, less hair. A lot less hair, a lot less facial hair. I had a bandmate and his name is uh, Jose Lugo. He went by Juice. Yeah. Uh, he was so much, so much fun to play and, with. Uh, so I've always uh, loved and appreciated, supported music. He's a music- musician myself, uh, and so you know, seeing buskers at EPCC, mm-hmm. you know, I'm like, oh, I just fell in love. I had to stop and just <laughs> listen to you guys and and record that. And and I remember you guys did a oh, man, Young the Giant cover. That's right, cough that, syrup. Yeah, that I really cough loved. Uh, but you know, uh, since then, of course, uh, I think I had given you my card or something to invite you out to open mics and. Mm-hmm. And really, since then, though, um, you've been such a huge part of the music scene and, and to the point where, as you were saying, now you're booking shows. I want to get to that. But first, tell us about the Gray Area blog. Uh, the Gray Area blog was something that I had thought that I wanted to do because, um, like you said, I've been in the scene for, I'd probably say, around two, going on three years now. And during my time there, I've gotten to know so many people from different platforms of entertainment, you know, not necessarily just right. musicians, just comedians, poets, screenwriters, um, you know, people that are doing something, you know, and I thought, you know, knowing so many people like that, having such a wealth of knowledge and experience and information and not doing anything with it, I felt was a waste. So right, right. You know, I, I got a bunch of people together and I was like, hey, you know what? I want to start doing interviews. I want to start, you know, helping other people get their names out there the same way that a lot of people in El Paso have helped me do the same thing, you know, yourself included. 
So it's just gray area blog is actually kind of my way of just kind of give back to the community. Awesome, man. And uh, where can people follow that? How can they follow <laughs> all of these projects? Well, um, the website for the blog itself is uh, grayareablog.weebly.com. Okay. Because uh, it's a free web hosting. And we'll uh, we'll link it. that we'll link that up for you. Right. We're on, check that out. on Facebook is the gray area, mm-hmm. um, Instagram gray area underscore official. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So follow his pages uh, to be kept up to date with not only the blog but he's also been booking uh, a variety of shows. Mm-hmm. It seems like. Um, before we get there, who have you had on the blog? Uh, most recently, I've yeah. done an interview with Anthony Austin Brown. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've had the pleasure of interviewing Chelsea Beth from, well, now, now she's in Portland, Oregon before she was yeah. in, in Las Cruces. I've had Phobia the Prophet, Jacob Herrera on yeah. local rapper. I've had the pleasure of having Rex Wade Jr. <laughs> Rex. Who is now is in Dallas, but he was a local video Videographer, screenwriter, poet, man of many hats, man, many hats, yeah. many hats. And you, all, you also worked with him on a, a film, right? A short yes, film? we did a short film called Sagacity, where I played a theoretical physicist <laughs> deciding on whether or not to give uh, the only remaining heart to either Albert Einstein or a rabid cat. <laughs> but of course, there's a uh, little details there that also go into it because there's like a DNR, right? Oh man, on Einstein, it, it's. I, I had the play of working with so many great talents. Rex Rex Way was amazing. He played the surgeon. Uh, <laughs> Malcolm Stokes played a lawyer, and then uh, we originally had Jeremy Long that was going to play uh, a monk, okay. a Buddhist monk, and it was all four of us uh, trying to argue about who would get this heart, who would whose life would we save, Albert Einstein or a rabid cat? Which is so. great because it's uh, and and really uh, something Rex writes out of is this, this uh, absurdism mm-hmm. that, that you see like in, in definitely Sartre. loves the surreal. Yeah, <clears throat> so that's cool. Uh, I never saw it. Where, can I find that anywhere online? It's on Vimeo. It's on Vimeo. It's on Vimeo, and I know if you were to if you were to ask, I'm pretty sure he'd be able to. He'd link you to it. I'll definitely do that. Rex also, of course, has been on on the show. We talked about his um, his book, Dream of Chaos and Silence. Yes, which I have a signed copy of. Yes, and uh, actually today on the way over here. We got a reminder, so you know, we talk about technology, uh, you, you know, you get reminders of what you did a year ago and... Borderline creepy. Yeah. <laughs> interesting. Well, actually, no, uh, I, I saw the update, but that's because somebody commented on the post. Oh, okay. But it just so happened that we were driving together and Daniel Rivetta, who's also episode one, he mm-hmm. commented on the post and it was it was us hanging out at Dead Beach. That's right. And we were celebrating, you know, we all had his, a copy of his book. That's where he gave us the book. Yeah. Actually. He signed all the books and... <clears throat> Very one too many stout nights. <laughs> Yo, the Buena <laughs> Stout from Dead Beach is great. And uh, Dead Beach, if you're listening, uh, yeah, I'll promote you guys. Just give me a. <laughs> I love you guys. I, I've been to the beer one and one they had there. It's a I'll great have place. some Buena Stout. Yes. Yeah, as a payment for this advertisement. <laughs> I'll happily accept. Anyway, no, uh, so the Gray Area blog. And now, um, you, as you mentioned, you're getting into booking and promoting shows. One that I, I think is very fascinating. Uh, Quixotic Sunrise. Yeah, thank you for mentioning that, actually. Um, Quixotic Sunrise was uh, kind of uh, my way of trying to reintegrate myself kind of back into the music scene after taking a little bit of a break. (laughs) I wanted to acknowledge it's not it's not just a show. It's a it's it's a variety show of not just musicians. Um, Pretty much everything that's on the blog, I wanted to represent in a show form. 
you know, where, okay. you know, it, it's a variety show. It's not just musicians. It's not just local music. Sometimes it's out of town. Sometimes it's different. And sometimes it's comedians. I had Anthony Austin Brown play episode one. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a pizza joint. Um, had Nicholas Roche from Las Cruces, New Mexico on there. Um, Renee Hernandez from Never Too Late. Okay. And we've had two episodes so far. The first one was at Pizza Joint. The second one we had actually at Dream Chasers Club. Very, very fortunate to work there because it's not a venue. They don't throw shows. Yeah. Um, but fortunately, um, the owner, uh, Jam, and I really connected on the whole, you know, the dream chasing thing. I mean, theme. it fits thematically. It definitely. really fit thematically. I think that's, you know, that's why he was so behind it. But I mean, we were able to pull it off and we had a great showing. Mm-hmm. And we were that night was very, very successful. We had Liz Tina play, mm-hmm. Alan Martinez from Mesa City Sleeps. And uh, of course, he had Gil Carrasco from uh, G Trash. Surge. And the Anadonians, who just uh, won mm. their way to the final round of Battle of the Bands recently. So, yes. honestly, That's great. shout out to the Anadonians. That's going to be a great, great battle, band. too. Um, great, great band. Awesome music. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Definitely theirs. Fan. Uh, they were actually supposed to be on the show, but we had to postpone it. Uh, you know, I've been talking to Serge about that, but it, it'll happen. You know, I'll get a hold of them. Yeah, hopefully before they, they make it too big. You know, right? But that's what <laughs> Quixotic Sunrise is about. It's about okay. exposing. It's about exposing local talent okay. and really kind of emphasizing anybody who I've had on the show has influenced me personally in my career. Okay, and that's what I wanted to exemplify. And uh, as for you, as far as the imagery goes, um, you know, I like, I like. I, first of all, I love the word Quixotic. Um, you know, it, it has a kind of drawing from a re- reference to Don Quixote, mm-hmm. the, the the famous knight of uh, chivalry and, and the hopeless dream, not hopeless, but like uh, dreaming, you know, um, what's the word? Idealism, romanticized right. kind right. of uh, adventure. I, I saw my Instagram, I posted the definition of the word quixotic yeah. um, because I thought that was kind of cool to use a word that was a little different because it would give people thinking, hey, what's... You know, never heard of that so before. So quizzical, right? My uh, my friend Joseph Garrison actually has a an astrology book to where it does your horoscope by the day. Okay. And I looked up uh, July twenty fifth. It's my birthday, July twenty fifth, and it said that I was born on the day of quixotic exploits. Wow. So I had to look up the word, and uh, that's, I'm, I'm glad you didn't uh, name your show <laughs> Quixotic Exploits, right? But uh, that's so I came up with Quixotic Sunrise, and uh, it, it means highly idealistic, <clears throat> uh, exceedingly unrealistic, or right. you know, uh, non-sustainable, and at times also like naive too, right? Right, like uh, in in practical at times. And that's what I think uh, our our life is as artists, mm-hmm. you know, as entertainers, as anybody who's chasing their own dreams sometimes can be unsustainable, yeah. unrealistic to most people. You know, we just have to And yet you keep going. Yep. Now, now in addition to that you add sunrise, and sunrise mm-hmm. to you means what? Uh the sunrise was both, I mean, thinking about it now it's like some getting something started. It's all about mo- getting something in motion. I mean, you take Quixotic Sunrise and by context, it kind of means, you know, the uprising of something, you know, really, really ambitious. Wow. And that's something that, you know, really, really excited me. I've, I've, I've always wanted to get behind something that was great. And if I could inspire that or facilitate that myself, that's that's even all the better. I'm surrounded by so many great, great people, not mm-hmm. just talent, but people. Yeah. You know, uh, and if we can come up together, that mean that would mean a lot to me. 
So this quick Quixotic Sunrise, um, again, follow follow his social media pages to be kept up to date because there will be future episodes. Oh, yes. Uh, you know, I like how you label them episodes. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it is an episode because there's so much more going on than just a show. You know, before everybody performs in Quixotic Sunrise, I make sure that I give him an introduction. I let, you know, whoever's in attendance know who these people that are coming and giving you their own experiences, their entertainment, you know, okay. who they are. Wonderful. Now, uh, I also saw online um, another show that had the gray area kind of stamp on it. Mm -hmm. Storytellers. Oh, man. Tell me about that. I've always loved playing storytellers gigs, man. Um, Ever since uh, I first got into the music scene, um, Rene Hernandez from Never Too Late has always put me on, you know, acoustic shows, storyteller shows. Uh, He's he's always kind of, you know, favorite putting me on there because... A lot of my songs tell stories. Absolutely. And a lot of my songs are geared towards acoustic music in particular. And acoustic is known for intimacy, for, you know, vocal. Yeah. Just, uh, yeah, it puts a lot of emphasis on what the words are, the story behind the music. I I think it's a brilliant idea because, uh, you know, singer-songwriters, right, draw a lot from telling a story. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I often tell my students or when I'm out about that, stories are, are you know we uh we're created by stories like mm-hmm. we're nothing without stories because they tell us about where we where we've been where we come from where we're going you know exactly. and in terms of our hopes our dreams our ambitions and so i i think be to be able to translate that into song is is a wonderful project that's absolutely right and uh who are you playing that show with um be playing that show with uh, omar Cuellar, which is honestly he, is he's become one of my most favorite yeah. local musicians here in El Paso man like yeah. he's he's got such a distinct style too it's it's amazing Omar is like he's been going out to open mics for the longest time yeah like since we were at the Perkland and he's been coming back again recently too mm-hmm. I remember I, and I told him this recently too because I did a show with him at Cafe de Tolteca mm-hmm. um I, yeah. told, I said dude before I was even in the music scene I was a fan of our friend <laughs> the mountain you know I remember yeah. seeing our friend the mountain play at a at Grey Dog when it was Soho that's right I remember Soho. We did we did one B Wams there. In fact, so so we're doing so. He's going to be playing that show. A uh, gentleman by the name of Jesse Fate, who I know Chris Serrano plays with um, a lot. Uh, maybe he'll be there too. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Jesse. Um, and then there's a new group or a person called Fewest Ripples. I'm not exactly who. Okay, sure yeah, who they I, are, I but... saw that name and I wasn't sure who it was. Maybe I know them. Well, I mean, it'll, it'll be interesting to go to the, it'll be on February 24th and that's going to be at neon rose. Awesome. Yeah. You called it neon rose. Yeah. I, <laughs> I had to switch over. I was, I was a rebel for the longest time. I was, I was part of the, nah, I'm always going to call it boomtown. Yeah. <laughs> I, I still do just only because I forget, I get used to it. Right. You know, they're pretty adamant now. Like, no boomtown is dead. <laughs> <laughs> And out has bloomed a rose that is neon. I suppose. <laughs> From the beyond. <laughs> All right. Um, now, one of, you know, I mentioned earlier that, you know, I first met you busking. Mm-hmm. And that's something that you have continued to do. Yeah, I still Despite do the it. fact that you, you know, get in the scene. I know a lot of people probably stopped doing that. But it's such a huge uh, component of your everyday life. Tell us about what busking means to you in your life. Uh, at this point, it's who I am. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's it's evolved so into so much more than just something that I do for money. Um, granted, it is, you know, my full-time job. I don't have any other job besides, you know, just playing music, 
you know, bookie shows that that's yeah. music you, in my you, life now. Yeah. But busking is, is become so much more than that because I've met so many people uh, who have a genuine appreciation for music and for art and for people that are, you know, want to do something with their talents and their time. Um, I've met so many local artists on the street who love to give me their stickers, you know, we'll take pictures of them, you know, put them on Instagram, swap, you know, contact information. Yeah. Um, I've had people come up to me and just say, hey, you know, hearing you play music made my day, you know, and uh, honestly, it's 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 for that. Yeah, it's for that. I've had people come to my shows that I've met on the street, you know, like maybe outside of Walmart or Dollar Tree, you know, and, mm -hmm. you know, we establish a connection. You know, I make sure we talk, they get to know who I am, I get to know who they are, you know, they're, they're not just people, they're, they're friends, they're, yeah. they're family, they're people we can connect with. I think that once we start to tap into that more as, as musicians, you know, even when it comes to playing shows, if we take the time to really get to know these people that are coming to see us, uh, we'll be a lot happier with our music, mm -hmm. you know? I think I think that's a, a very important aspect to address. I know recently um, there have been meetings being held uh, regarding the music scene. That's right. And, uh, uh, Christian Yanez from mm -hmm. uh, the Lobra Palace has hosted yeah. these meetings at Outposts and called mm -hmm. Musicians Forum. Yeah. And we just had the second one at the last weekend, and it was about improving show attendance. And, and that's something I've been thinking about. You know, I, I think that one aspect, I mean, because it, there's no simple answer to that, for one. Right. It's it's a it's an answer that involves multiple parties involvement. Um, but I think one thing that I, I can truly think of happening is is getting the bands more involved with their their audience, with their fans, with the people. Oh, um, yeah, and, I, and, and something I've, I've known, seen and respected about you is you. That seems to be an important aspect of, of you as a performer is, is making a connection with your audience. Well, thank you. And that's a really big compliment because that's <laughs> something I want to be known for. That's that's something that I've I've strive for even you know i mean a lot of a lot of what i do is geared towards getting people to know me yeah you know so i i can respect that too there's other bands that are doing that too i mean pilots of venus has a great we were talking about following <laughs> dude and you beat me to it i was exactly gonna bring up pilots of venus we, we were that way. we were talking about following and i mean it's yeah. no secret man these guys have uh people love them and, and they, they just, hang out with them during yeah, the shows. It's not just because they're great musicians, because yeah. they're great people. Yeah, they, they stick around and, and drink with, with their friends. And and, and, yeah, and you mean, see that um, when they perform. Right. And, you know, me as a, we played shows together, me and Pilots of Venus, yeah. you know, and uh, it just goes as a testament to how great a people they are. I mean, we're not even the same genre. <laughs> <laughs> and right. It's kind of weird, you know, Pilots of Venus, you know, loud surf rock, people crowd surfing. And then I'm going like, hey, guys, I have an acoustic guitar. guitar. You know? <laughs> but, you know, regardless of that, though, I, I still feel there's a, the similar type of intensity. No, there definitely is. Yeah. And that's, that's, uh, I think that's that, um, that variable that just comes with passion for what you write in your music. <laughs> awesome, man. And so uh, to go back to busking, you know, I've, I've had very interesting experiences doing that myself. And I, I know I haven't done as, as long as you have. What's one of the more unusual experiences you've had while out there in the streets? Oh, man. Um, I would definitely say that it probably was weirder when I first started. Okay. Because... Uh, uh, sometimes I would take my old band. We we had a band called Don't Mind Me with the gentleman that I told right, you about, right, Juice, we... and his brother Ben. And uh, we went busking downtown one time in a shopping district. And uh, there was this drunk guy in the street, and he we were playing something. I think we were playing a 
uh, Drive by Incubus. We were covering that. All right. And he just starts dancing. He's not wearing a shirt, right? He's just dancing and you know, <laughs> has his eyes closed. And uh, he falls on our drummer. He's playing a cajon. No way. Yeah, he's oh. playing a cajon, and the guy falls on the drummer, who then in turn falls backwards into the guitar case that we're using as a tip jar. <laughs> and uh, that, that was kind of weird. Uh, people, you know, screaming down the street, you know, um, people that want to put their hands on you or sing with you, you know. I've had massages offered before. <laughs> no way. Yeah, really? man. I've, I've been offered mm. to be tipped in drugs. I've been offered mm. – I've actually uh, even gotten – really really good paying uh wedding reception gigs and like you know other other private party gigs i'm sure, I'm sure you get uh interesting networking experiences oh man i met some of the coolest people through busking i, I can consider you somebody i met through busking so <laughs> yeah and uh and uh in your earlier episode episode five with, with county blue we we talked about how uh in many ways has been a a platform or a catapult or that opens doorways to other opportunities. Oh yeah. Barbed wire open mic series has definitely been an integral part in what I feel to be my success in, in my music career for sure. I would not be where I am without barbed wire for sure. Mm. Awesome, man. Yeah. And of course, uh, it's a good place to start. <laughs> Damn, that's EPCC's model. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but, uh, and also just dust stuff off, try out. And, and really it's about the community. Mm-hmm. And that's something that that I think is, has been growing. Um, so many people are getting involved, and and now with with digital media and everything, now uh, a lot of us are, are getting involved with creating a platform because I think we all want to uplift mm-hmm. the scene and the city. Yeah, I think a lot of musicians are starting to get behind that. You know, even uh, like I said, from different genres, are starting to kind of come up with a lot of the same idea. You know, uh, Jacob Herrera. Phobia the Prophet, you yeah. know, has his tagline, you know, live, love, inspire. Yeah. You know, I think that's that's a great picture of where we need to be headed as musicians here. Yeah, we kind of have to, um, I, I think, uh, get over. There's a, still, you know, ego is always going to play a role. Um, and, and a bit of it is just, you know, we, we want to survive and, and, and mm-hmm. thrive. But a little bit is putting aside that ego so we can also include, like, incorporate a, a scene that can thrive together. We're, as far as I'm concerned, we're all trying to do something that's new to us. You know, I mean, when it comes to being successful. <laughs> yeah, exactly. When it comes to being successful in, in what yeah. we're trying to do, it's like, it's not like trying to get a degree. There's no course yeah. flow. There's no syllabus to you get no diploma at the end. Exactly. There's no way to really measure success except by whatever you want to measure it with. So right. that's where it kind of gets, I think, a little bit tempestuous when we work with other people that we consider our friends because... <laughs> there's there's a balance in wanting to be successful yeah, and, yeah. you know being competitive too. Ab- absolutely and uh, you mentioned success so i want you to kind of like close your eyes or just kind of think about the word success close your eyes meditate and just think success what who do you think of what image whose face pops up when you think of the word success uh honestly it, it's not surprising at all i, I think I, I think of my dad all right. When I think success, because he's he's a 24 year veteran of the United States Navy, retired as a senior chief, it's an E eight, um, and now I think him coming out of that retiring is a picture of completion to me. Okay. You know, he committed to something and he he, he did it until completion. Mm-hmm. He stood his watch, and now he's free to do you know, what he wants to do and spend his time, you know, pursuing the things that he wants to do. And I think that's what success is. I think once, 
you know, we do what we have to do until we don't have to do it anymore. Okay, cool. And, and, uh, obviously I think this has translated into your path of music. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Definitely. I think, you know, uh, busking isn't a chore to me. It's not something that I resent doing, you know, playing shows isn't something I resent doing. Booking them definitely isn't something I resent doing, but these are all steps into something greater. You know, it's all it's all moving forward. And I think even when I've reached the pinnacle of what I believe would be my success to be, um, I would still do the things that, mm -hmm. you know, caused me to love music in the first place. <laughs> yeah, you want to hold on to that, right? Now, uh, you're also a multi-instrumentalist. Mm -hmm. uh, you play guitar. I've, I've seen you play bass. Uh, I've seen you play other instruments. That's um, right. And, and also, we'll talk about your projects a little bit right but just to talk about your first year your music growing up uh was guitar your first instrument no no i was one of those kids who in fourth grade i uh, picked up a clarinet because okay. that was i was in band mm -hmm. uh, i think my parents so you're telling me band. you can get down on clarinet if you needed to oh yeah bass clarinet what about beatbox clarinet <laughs> i don't know about all that <laughs> i'm sure it exists i'm sure it exists yeah. i mean but uh, that was that was my first instrument was okay. clarinet and right. um Man, I really latched onto music ever since I was a little kid. I, I was that kid who would take the book home and and I, I would be finished with Go the book the whole it, yeah. the first week, and I would actually put on uh, little concerts for my parents. I would go all out, and I would actually make flyers written on notebook paper, you know, for That's myself. Great. And I've always wanted to be a performer. I've always wanted to play music for people. That's awesome, man. And so at some point, you ended up taking a leap. Right. Well, what I mean, that was in and I performing. Played, yeah, I played clarinet all the way up until high school. Then I was, uh, was in the drum line in high school. So you switched to drums. I did cymbals. Okay. Snare drum. Uh, did bass clarinet from marching to, you know, okay. did all that. Um, came back to the United States because I was in Japan for my high school years. Came back to the states. Um, got a guitar, electric guitar. Kind of messed around with it. And that's didn't, when you picked up guitar? Yeah, but it didn't, back. I didn't really touch it again until I was around 20 years old. And then, you know, it's kind of on and off, learning really? chords. Wow, you've really picked up a lot then. For, I mean, compared to people who've been playing, like, since they were kids. Well, here's the thing. It's just, and, and Victor Wooten touches on it. One of my biggest musical influences. Awesome bass player, by the way. Yeah. Awesome, awesome guy. I saw his TED Talk. <clears throat> and uh, he was talking about how a lot of music teachers, we get it wrong because we teach you know, people how to play an instrument before they understand music. And it's yeah. like teaching somebody words to a language that they don't understand. And whereas I feel blessed because, you know, I've always been musical. Okay. You know, I've always been musical. And when I started to pick up the guitar, I was just, you know, I was singing words to songs I already knew. You know, so that's what made it, that's what made it so, so awesome to me. Uh, yeah, I guess I could say I pick up pretty quick, but All right. yeah. it's just passion for it i guess so you're kind of weapon of choice especially when when going out and busking is guitar yeah but uh tell me lately you are uh and and last episode you're on we i couldn't talk about it mm -hmm. you know because you know there's like a whole yeah it was a secret thing, but it's a secret but now we can talk about it and mm -hmm. uh i definitely want you to share this so tell me about foxy mojo yes uh i recently well relatively recently it's been about a year actually but uh yeah, I, I took over the role of bass guitarist and uh, and backup vocalist for Foxy Mojo, and I'm very, very, very happy about that. Um, Lil Rob Palace Battle of the Bands last year. Uh, I 
was originally signed up for Coyote Blue to do it as a as a duet. That's right. And there were circumstances where Liz couldn't make it. She, yeah, she had to be out of town. Yeah, or she could she couldn't make it for uh, any whatever reason. And I asked her. I said, "Well, do I pull out, or you know, do you I did it on your own? Do I do it on my own?" And uh, I did it on my own, and I actually made it solo to the final round. I was really yeah. really excited about it. So Tristan London, uh, guitarist, lead vocalist for for Foxy Mojo, came to the final round. And uh, right afterwards, he comes up to me and says, "Dude, Foxy's gonna need a fifth guy. I want you to be it." And I'm like, right "Dude, on. don't even don't even ask me. Dude, just say no just more. Just let fam. me know." <laughs> so that was always gonna be a thing since then. And then in March, I get a call from from Tristan again. Uh, it's like 10:30. I'm at Monarch. I'm mm-hmm. like, "Okay." I'm like, "Hey, what's up?" He's like, "Hey, dude, I got a question for you." And I'm like, "Yeah, what's up?" He goes, "If I told you that you needed to learn all our songs on bass in two days and come travel with us, would you do it?" And I'm like, "Man, I'm there." <laughs> and then uh, w- when he first wanted me in the band, I'm like, "You know what? Like, you know, I don't even have my own bass guitar, right? Because <laughs> I didn't play bass." Right, right. And he was like, uh, "Yeah, just get one, man." He's like, "I'm so confident in your ability, man. It's not, it's not even <laughs> just, just get yeah, one. It's not, not even a problem, man. Just, just do it." Like, okay, all right. And our first show. Uh, after then was Street Fest 2017. That's we right. opened for that's uh, Ozzy, right? We opened for Alice Cooper. Alice Cooper. That's right. That was wow. our first show. I remember that downtown. And it was awesome because I think we had practiced so much. Uh, I had to learn a lot of songs because our set was supposed to be like an hour and fifteen minutes. <laughs> so yeah, that was a lot of songs, and um, we played outside. We played for about forty-five minutes, and then it started to rain. Yeah. And the guy was like, hey, you know what? We're sorry to cut you guys short, but, you know, you got to make this your last song. And um, it just so happened that that was the last song that we knew together. <laughs> we were just planning on winging it the rest of the set. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we had to, of course, act disappointed. You know, oh, man, that it sucks. Works out but, that you know, yeah. We were like, oh, no, you know what? Whatever. It's cool. We're, we're going to be cool about it. We get so, it. We get it. <laughs> right. But right. since then, it's been it's been cool. London's great. Eric's <clears throat> awesome. Uh, little Tristan, he's he's so so cool, so cool. He's always doing something in music. He's got yeah. great styles. Just nothing bad to say about that guy. It's great, man. And so, what's in store for Foxy Mojo? Um, we actually have a big surprise coming up. Oh, we right. are we are we're gonna start being a little bit more active here uh, okay. in March and following and. Um, yeah, we we got some big stuff in store. We should uh, definitely get Foxy on on the podcast. We I, should. I remember them early on too, uh, performing at the Percolator like way back when. Right. So, uh, I think me, they were they were under another band name at that time. Yeah. 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 And I just uh, I remember seeing the well, I remember them changing it to Foxy Mojo at some point. I remember that change. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and uh, I guess now at. at at 30, you know, I've been involved in the scene for a bit. I love seeing the bands, the scene, like musicians grow and evolve and like uh, mature a little, I guess. Mm-hmm, you know, definitely. So I love, I love, I love what you guys are doing. Um, I look forward to that. Now, uh, is uh, working with these guys your first time playing bass? Uh, actually, it's not. Um, I played bass in a band that I had uh, called Halo Effect, which was a cover band at a church that I went to. And uh, we would do venues called The Edge. And um, our whole shtick was um, we would take secular songs that were popular and we would rewrite them, the lyrics, mm-hmm. you know, to be evangelistic. Uh, but we would keep the music the same. But um, even even in that, that group, though, I had we had so many talented musicians uh, 
Paul Viscaino on drums, who I'm convinced is still one of the best drummers I've, I've ever heard. Uh, Luke Gallegos on guitar, uh, Phil Prieto on lead guitar. I uh, was on bass and vocals as well. But we would cover songs from like um, Bullet for My Valentine, like Event Sevenfold. And you know, I, I would play bass for those and, and sing to those as well. And I never, never thought that I would pick up bass for another band ever again after that. <laughs> but uh, it just so happens. And I've, I've had a lot of fun. And I think playing bass is my first time actually learning any kind of guitar as an instrument because I don't know what I'm doing on guitar most of the time. <laughs> I know chords and what, what sounds good to me, but as right, far as right. like music theory, I didn't start you know, learning my scales or modes on, on any guitar until I started learning bass for Foxy. So Oh, okay. So that, start, that actually boosted my musical ability quite a bit. Awesome, man. And... Uh... Uh, one of the things I wanted to ask, uh, is there an instrument out there that you, you're itching to learn that you just haven't, maybe haven't had a chance to yet? I, when I was working in the oil fields for a company called First out in Brownsville, uh, Texas, I bought a starter kit for a violin at a guitar center there. And whenever I would go out on jobs, whenever we'd go back to the hotel after the days, I would learn how to play violin because we didn't have anything else to do besides okay. eat and, you know, go to sleep or get drunk. So I wanted to be productive. So if I had a chance, I would definitely go back and learn violin again. Okay, cool. What about like any unusual instruments? Uh, the didgeridoo maybe. Didgeridoo is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, get some. Uh... I have a couple buddies who can throat sing. I don't know if you know Hayden Brindle yeah. can throat sing. <laughs> yeah, I, have, I have a friend, uh, his name is Benjamin Rodriguez. He can throat sing too. Nice. Is it the Mongolian throat singing where like they separate it into yes oh yeah that that's like very multi, fascinating multi pitch kind to, of stuff you have to there. train your yeah you have to train your voice to, yeah. to be able to do that have, have you tried that at all I can't do it <laughs> I really can't and as far as singing goes uh, how long have you been doing that I've been singing for probably eight years now okay and uh, when I first started man I, I didn't have a range at all at all I I would listen to bands like. Santana and Linkin Park, Fall Out Boy, and you know, different stuff. Yeah, you know, just sorts of styles. Different styles. And I think when I really started to want to define my own style and I started, you know, singing more of the bands that I liked and wanted to sound like is when I started to really develop my style as a vocalist. Okay. Um, now, we, we've been talking about music and dreams. Have you uh, en- ever envisioned a dream venue? You know what? To be honest with you, when I first started out, Lowbrow Palace was my dream venue. Mm-hmm. It was my dream venue. It was a Mardi Gras, and I was busking, and um, I had walked from Cincy to Lowbrow Palace because I knew that one of my favorite bands at the time, Biscuit Roller, was going to open for a I show there. Biscuit Roller, yeah. And uh, I had my guitar with me, of course, and I, one of the guys walks out, and he says, Hey, you play music? And I'm like... Yeah, I do. He's like, shit, do you want to set? I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> and uh, he's like, yeah, man, you go on like 15 minutes. You just play for no like, way. yeah, just play for like 35 minutes. One Mardi Gras, like six years okay. ago. And, uh, you know, to me, I hadn't even played any shows, but nobody knew who I was. So <laughs> Did you go by Damien Gray? No, Gregoria, no, just... no. I just, uh, I, I went by my old band called Don't Mind Me, which was okay. actually kind of funny, you know, thinking about it now. 
you know, don't mind me, I'm just on stage, you know, completely unannounced, you know, never played any shows before, you're coming off the street with a, you know, an acoustic guitar. Right. So ever since, ever since then, I was like, wow, man, now I have to be back on purpose, you know? But uh, I guess Sydney Opera House, you know, any, any one of the big Carnegie Hall, um, Wembley Stadium, okay. uh, I want to play a show with Ed Sheeran. That's, that's my bucket list. Wanna, yeah, man, uh, you, you do, I, you cover a lot of his songs. I do. He's, he's one of my most prominent uh, musical influences, not just vocally, but, you know, musically in, in its entirety. What so, is it about him that, that inspires you? I think it's his approach to music. I think it's his approach. It's his diversity because I've written songs that I've gotten self-conscious about because they sounded like so radically different for each other. And it was nice to see an artist like Ed Sheeran who does it solo and can make, and make it happen and, and it works for him. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I've been taking little notes from that ever since vocalists like Ed Sheeran, Adam Duritz from Counting Crows, hmm. uh, you know, Rob Thomas, you know, vocalists like that who have so much technique and elasticity when it comes to, you know, music. Yeah. It's, it's great. Who are some of your other musical influences aside from the singers that you were mentioning? Well, I mean, like what about in terms of like maybe musician, musicianship or style? I'd have to honestly uh, go into local musicians here because... <laughs> Good, because I was going to ask you that too. Uh, before anybody else, I'd probably have to say Javier Martinez has been one of my biggest influences, mostly because he was one of the performers that I knew before I was in the scene. Okay. I would always see him play, and uh, you know, one of the songs that he got... That he would play would always get to me, and that's that's kind of the kind of person I am. If we connect, I'm going to remember you for that one line or that one song that you know I felt. <laughs> Didn't you, know. you also do a cover of one of his songs? Yeah, I do. Um, uh, play schemes. I love I love that idea too. Uh, uh, you had you know, I, and I think we had talked about this idea, like like getting the scene together, like you know, right. with unity. Yeah. And Bands we would have other people's songs. Yeah, we would have different artists covering each, uh, other local artists. I, I think, think that would be kind of fun, man. That would be so cool. Yeah. But but back to Javier, you know, he's a, he's such a pillar in the community. He um, really is. I used to actually do uh, interviews with him uh, for Chuco Underground. Yeah, one of his pages I used to do. I interviewed Aaron Torres. I interviewed Animal Soul. Yeah, we actually discussed this uh, in the previous podcast. Oh, okay. And which is great, uh, Chuco Underground. Uh, you know. As as I mentioned, is also I, I consider a spiritual predecessor to this this podcast. Okay, you know because eventually he he kind of stopped doing it, mm-hmm. and I thought that was you know a travesty because I I really liked what what the goal was what you guys were doing with that, and so well you know I think uh, the music scene has grown and changed a little bit since that stopped, and I think if we were to ever try it again, it might you know have a different vibe. It might be a little bit more successful now if we rebooted yeah. it. Yeah. Um, but it's just, it's, yeah, it is things like and, that, uh, you know, an EP acoustic is also another page that he has That's right. He started on that. Instagram and, and Facebook. That is a great help for especially, uh, solo singer songwriters, because being an acoustic solo singer songwriter is pretty much one of the hardest things that you can do mm-hmm. in the music scene. I mean, once you have a band, it's great. Yeah. Building a band is, a, is tough. It's always, I mean, being in a band is like being in a relationship. Oh yeah, you know. definitely, definitely, <laughs> pretty much, definitely. Well, you had to communicate, you had to like make time for each other. That's and... funny on you know several levels. Because, <laughs> but, 
<laughs> I, I see what you're trying to do. Yeah, no, no, I'm not. Try, I'm not trying. I'm not trying to do anything. Uh, I've had, this has actually come up in, in other interviews I've done. Where has it really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and now, okay, now I'm realizing what, what you're saying. Right, right, yeah. Right, right. But yeah, man, uh, really keep the music going. Like, so anyone who's listening right now, who's maybe getting started. Uh, hope you stumbled onto us and you're listening for the first time or coming back. Thanks for listening. Uh, Damien, what kind of advice do you have out there for, for those kids, youth, or, or anyone who's actually not even youth, but just anyone picking up an instrument for the first time, writing lyrics, and, and is a little shy about what, you know, maybe wants to share it, but it's, it's mm-hmm. like thinks they're shy. Get out there. Get out yeah. there. Get out there right now. No, no matter if you're if you're shy you just have to come to a point where you decide, you know, what you want is more important than what you're feeling at the time. Um, if you if you want to be successful, if it's really something you want to do, I will say 90% of being successful in the music scene, especially locally, is being there. Being, yeah. it's positioning. Be involved. Position yourself to be successful. Meet people. Mm-hmm. Talk to people. Don't just play your set and leave. Play. A lot of people do that. A lot of people do that, yeah. and that's where they go wrong. Yeah. Don't just play your set and leave. Play mm-hmm. your set, listen to people, engage, meet meet friends, meet connections, yeah. build lasting relationships that can become reciprocal, and um, and and you guys can help boost each other. Those are all incredible, incredibly meaningful um, statements there, right? And 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 a path, I think. So I, I completely agree with you on that. Um, I know that uh, as far as you know the gray area man what what do you have what do you foresee what's in your future well uh we're looking at throwing another quixotic sunrise episode three is going to be at joe Vitti and bronson's uh we're going to be late march we don't have a date yet be on the lookout for that but we're looking at having a uh, great you know talent on there camille ozzy muniz is also uh, we've yeah. got him on for episode three uh, hopefully we can get you on for episode to. three as well, yeah. we can have some jazz and poetry. I'd love to do that. A little yeah. fusion act going on there. And then um, might get a couple other musicians or actors and, or poets. You know? Yeah, that's beautiful, man. Um, we'll definitely share that. Um, again, uh, guys, thanks for tuning in. If you want to follow Damien, you, you definitely should, right? Follow Damien. Oh, yeah, uh, you can sure. follow the Gray Area on Facebook, <laughs> yes. Instagram, Gray Area Official. Mm-hmm. Um, he also has his blog. That's right, grayareablog.weebly.com. Uh, and, of course, uh, find his music online. I know he's going to be working on that a lot this year as well. Yeah, I'm actually uh, talking to Ross Ingram, going to start going to Brainville to, to record. We're looking at maybe putting a two- or three-track EP out um, probably by midsummer. Awesome, man. So I'm looking forward to that progress, mm-hmm. seeing how it progresses. And uh, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having Pretty me. Pretty chill. I know, Appreciate uh, it. We're doing a double duty today. You're, you're uh, so right now we're at Part of the Pass, and that's right. That's where we've been doing BWOM's podcast now. Part of the Pass has uh, been super instrumental in a lot of what I've been able to do as a producer and a writer. And uh, we've recently started uh, hosting Ozzy Ozzy's show, that's Borderplex right. Hustle. Borderplex Hustle. And uh, <laughs> Damien is going to be a guest on that show right now. Yeah, I found so, that out this morning. So definitely <laughs> catch him. I, I know uh, we both have between Ozzy and myself, we have different enough styles i think mm-hmm. so that one's gonna be fun um I'll, I'll probably link to that episode too when it's up let's uh, do it but any last words man uh you know what i have to borrow a page from uh, jacob's book just sure. you know live love inspire phobia the prophet uh, phobia the prophet make sure that uh again get out there share what you need to share don't let anybody tell you you can't do it 
including yourself. Don't let yourself tell you you can't do anything, man. Don't let your dreams just be dreams. Exactly. Just do it. Yeah. Just do it. Hashtag love the gray. And uh, I, we started with music. I think it's a good idea to end with music. So um, for Richie, thanks for tuning into the Beyonds podcast. Damien, thank you for being on. And uh, we're going to go ahead and end with a cover, Shaky Graves cover. From Austin, Texas. From Austin, Texas. This is late July. Peace.